Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too, and let's crack straight on with today's first story. Now, today's first story comes from Voloff, who says, My 41 male, wife's 37 female. Mental illness has devastated our relationship, and I don't know what to do for the best. We've been married for seven years, together total for 14. Before we got married, my wife exhibited some anxiety and unusual behavior. Stressed and a little paranoid about certain things. I had literally no experience in this and attributed it to her stressful job that she often talked about. We got married and I naively thought that security would help allay some of her fears. She left that job with my and her family's blessing and encouragemently shortly after we married. This steadily got worse and around 18 months later, she was sectioned and spent three weeks in hospital. She had been delusional, having hallucinations and was paranoid, suffering from persecutory thoughts. I discovered a letter from a solicitor demanding money and found she'd been overspending and gotten herself into debt. The medical aftercare post-release was non-existent and she soon stopped taking her medication. We struggled on for a couple of years until she had another crisis. She was put under the care of the crisis team who were great. She started meds again and saw a therapist and psychiatrist. She was extremely anxious at this time and scared of me. Her voices told her I was against her, etc., so tried to alleviate the immediate stress. Her care team suggested that I stayed in our spare room to give each other space, which I happily did to try to make things easier. As time went on, we calmed down and we returned to some semblance of normality. But we'd got into a routine and I stayed in the spare room. I didn't want to pressure her and potentially derail her recovery. She was unable to work, which is fine, completely understandable, so we're on one income. But she got into financial trouble again, but this time on my debit and credit cards. I knew it was happening, but was powerless to stop it. Then one day she announced she was stopping taking her medication and would no longer see her care team. She had not fully recovered and within weeks I saw her symptoms returning. Delusions, hallucinations, etc., All the same things from her original psychosis diagnosis. We kept up appearances and plodded on until I found more overspending. I tried again to put a stop to it, but she got extremely angry and hit me. Her illness took over and she accused me of forging bank statements, colluding with a bank, lying and committing fraud, etc. That completely knocked me back into my shell and I was unable to stop her spending until the money literally ran out. When that happened, she was surprised, denied any responsibility, and accused me of spending it all. I have now finally managed to largely rein her spending in by denying her access to my cards, but it's been incredibly stressful as I've had to borrow from family and the bank to cover it. So, another 18-odd months later and here we are. She still has her symptoms. We're still in separate rooms. 
She's understandably unable to work. We've managed to talk about things a couple of times and she point blank refuses to go back to the doctor or start taking medication. She refuses to go to couples counseling with me. We've both said it can't carry on like this. I feel after five years of this, I can't take much more. We would have liked to have started a family, but that's impossible now. Our lives are wasting away, stuck in this rut. We had a serious talk about a month ago where we all but separated, but then she kind of rode back on the idea. I still love her and I know none of this is her fault. I know no one chooses to be ill and I know it's worse for her than me. I worry how she'd cope if we split. Her parents are nearby, but she's pushed them away over the last few years, but they would absolutely support her. And I feel terrible about potentially not abiding by my marriage vows. She has no friends at all and has alienated her extended family with some behavior related to her illness. I'm not even sure she totally understands the ramifications of separating. She said she would stay in the house, but she has no means of paying the bills. Her parents are comfortable, but I don't think they could buy me out and they couldn't fund her indefinitely. Neither of us are doing the other any favors prolonging this as it is. I feel so guilty and responsible. I often wonder what it is about me that may have made her like this. I don't want to split, but staying like this is untenable. I can't force her to get help and I don't want another five years to pass with no improvement and the best years of my and her life gone. I don't know what to do for the best. I'm sorry this is so long. And we do have a couple of updates on this post as well. And wow, what an incredibly tough and sad situation to be in for both parties, really. And as I was going through this, like thoughts that were going through my mind, like initial thoughts, I was saying like, well, if she's not taking her medication, you know, she's not helping the situation either. But then I'm thinking, is that a mental illness stopping her from taking that medication as well? And I think OP is doing everything that they can at the minute. They certainly sound understanding of the situation. And you can see how how bad OP feels, you know, about potentially splitting up. They don't want it to happen, but they almost feel like it's inevitable and they're stuck in this rut. But as always, before we go to those updates, we're going to cover a couple of the comments on this post, which says from Vodka Philosophy, who says she can't help having the mental illness, but she can help control the symptoms with medication. Not taking meds is a deliberate choice she made. She isn't helping herself, so it doesn't matter how much effort you or anyone else puts into helping her. You'd only be bashing yourself against a wall over and over again, doing her no good and doing yourself emotional harm. It sounds like it's time to end it for your own mental well-being. Maybe she'll get better, maybe she won't, but her mental health is not your responsibility. Many Keats says, Source, I have severe bipolar disorder and will be on heavy meds for the rest of my life. I'm 40 and my last relationship broke up because my partner understandably couldn't deal with my illness and I now live with my parents. I can't work and struggle just with daily functioning. Although I don't have the same illness as your wife, I feel like I can relate to the situation a bit. From the perspective of someone who is mentally ill, if your wife won't even take her medication and actively continue treatment, there is nothing you can do. I'm going to assume the meds she was taking were antipsychotics. People often don't like to take their antipsychotics because of the side effects, so compliance is often a problem. If she doesn't like the way they make her feel, it will always be a struggle to get her to take them. Also, medication can't always cure symptoms 100%, so even with the best medication there is, even if she takes the meds, your wife could still have the symptoms. Disorders like schizophrenia are neurological, not psychological. You can't fix them with therapy alone, only drugs. 
It doesn't get better, but over time can get worse if she refuses treatment. It also has genetic factors. So if you were to have children with her, there's a strong chance they could inherit the same disorder, or at least they'd be more vulnerable to developing it later in life. You've already done everything you can possibly do. The way you're living isn't sustainable. You can't make her comply with treatment, and even if you could, you can't guarantee the treatment will work well enough to save your relationship. As for me, I'm on 10 different medications. I've had years of therapy and I meditate every day. And that just keeps me stable enough not to hurt myself. I still can't function all the way like a normal person. And that's with me being compliant. You continuing to be the martyr for more years is not gonna help her or save your relationship. I'm sorry for what you're going through and wish you the best. Hope you do whatever is best for you. Catastrophe says in quotes, I feel so guilty and responsible. I often wonder what it is about me that may have made her like this and then goes on to say, OP, I'm sorry you're going through this. You're not responsible for your wife's mental illness. The illness is not your wife's fault, but it is her responsibility to manage it. She has very tangible options at her disposal, treatment, medication, and therapy, but she refuses them all. In truth, it's her actions and choices that are leading to, to the impending divorce, but it seems like you're internalizing the responsibility. If nothing else, I'd suggest looking into some therapy for yourself during this process. You are dealing with a lot. You've been the caretaker in an unwell relationship for so long, you may not have considered your own need for resources around self-care. Setting appropriate boundaries and emotional support, you are going to grieve and are grieving the relationship. You could use someone to help you navigate the process and your feelings throughout. Take care of yourself. And with those comments, now we're going to move on to that first update. So the first update says, so my wife has suffered from psychosis, anxiety, delusions, and paranoia for several years now, and it has had a terrible effect on our relationship. Last night, she felt unwell, had a rash, and had a bad nightmare, which prompted her to call non-emergency medical services in the morning. They sent out paramedics this morning to talk to her. I didn't know they were coming. I heard people knock at the door and then heard them talking to us. So I worked out what was going on. I'd been upstairs on my phone to the family. I could hear most of what was being said and was keen to hear their take on the situation and whether they would want to take my wife for psychological assessment. She'd been sectioned and detained before. At that stage, I didn't want to interrupt the conversation. It was clear the conversation was more about mental health than the physical sickness and rash. I heard my wife recounting the bullying circumstances which led her to leaving her job and her mental breakdown six years ago. During that conversation, I heard her say that she had a work romance with a manager from her office back then and had spent the night with him twice. This would have been before we were married and whilst we had previously been temporarily separated during a break. She had never told me any of this. I made sure I heard and understood properly and went downstairs to discuss it. The paramedics were still there. I didn't want her to be able to outright deny what she had said. They basically said that she should see a GP to discuss options around treatment for a mental illness. It was awkward for them, so they finished the consultation, as it were, and left. I asked my wife what had happened and repeated her own words to her. She said she'd had a crush that she developed and he acted on it when she had gone to his hotel room during a conference. Apparently, he subsequently denied it. He was or is married with kids. She said she didn't really want to do it, but it was consensual. It transpires her parents knew and also kept it from me. She then said that she thought it happened but is not 100% sure because her mental illnesses mean she has very real seeming delusions. She had previously said things about me and her family that were not true. 
This was apparently also while we were separated, but she seemed to say it was building during the time we were together. So whether she physically cheated is moot, certain emotional cheating though. When we got back together after our temporary separation, I had moved out, we both said that we had been faithful during that period. Conveniently, she doesn't remember that conversation. It was all calm. I said I had a right to know back in 2010 and she let me propose in 2011 and marry her in 2012, all the while I didn't know. We said we can't carry on and that she would talk to her parents about buying me out of my half of the house. She asked if we could live together in a civil way during this period. I said I couldn't afford the rent and pay mortgage and bills, so we have to. She said I should contact the lawyer to talk about the divorce. She said she was sorry her mental health had caused all these problems and she wanted me to be able to get on with my life. I felt sad for her when she said that. So this stage of it has come to an end, finally. I feel strangely calm. It's not really a surprise, although I didn't really expect infidelity. It feels surreal. I still love her. I love this house, but this is for the best, I think. It's not been working for years and the problems we face have been insurmountable. I'm finally defeated. I just hope the separation can be amicable and fair. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Reading. And there's an additional little edit, which was from another post that they put that says, if you want the unabridged backstory, there are other posts. I had some suspicions as I'd heard her phone dinging late at night. Yesterday I heard it and she happened to be in the bathroom. I went downstairs and her phone was on the dining table. On the lock screen, there were three WhatsApp messages in quick succession from a man. Then a fourth came in. One message had a photo. One had just had our row name and remarked that he liked the color and one was more obviously flirtatious and sexual in nature. I recognize the name as someone she's been in touch with before, a couple of years back, I guess, when she accidentally showed me a message. He was being flirty then. She wasn't, but she didn't shut it down. So it's been a while in the making, it seems. I'm not really surprised, I suppose, but it was still painful to see. I feel like an idiot. Here I am and here we are being amicable and very civil while she's still living in the same house and she's using a new phone on the new plan that I recently got her to carry on like this. I took a photo of the four messages on the lock screen. I already have the divorce papers from the solicitor. I haven't gone through them yet. We have a couple of complications that mean we haven't been able to make as much progress in the divorce as I would have liked, plus COVID. Now I want to really accelerate things more than ever. So I guess this doesn't really matter in a way. We're divorcing anyway. I'm not sure that this behavior would have any effect on the divorce settlement. She doesn't know, I know. 
So what's my plan? Do I need to get more evidence? Should I keep quiet for now? That's what I'm thinking. Can this be taken into account when agreeing the divorce financial settlement in the UK? Would it be different if there's been anything physical? Ugh, and I've been doing okay as well. In a weird way, there are some early feelings that this has released me a bit from the guilt I was feeling. And then the comments below this one were basically saying, no, it wouldn't have any effect on the divorce. And you know, you're divorcing anyway, so what does it matter? And pretty much that's what OP said themselves during that post, but was some additional information there that I thought was quite interesting. And there was some additional posts as well, mainly talking about the divorce and how they settle things regarding that. But then there was one more relevant post, which was titled, which was in a divorce subreddit, which was titled, my 44 male, soon to be ex-wife, 40 female, finally told her mother about the divorce and she, my mother-in-law, emailed me and ended the message with a cheap shot. So after 18 long months, my soon to be ex-wife finally told her mother, we're divorcing. It's been a long road that sadly also included my father-in-law, dying late last year. Important later. Her mother emailed me asking what was happening and if it was true. Unfortunately, my soon-to-be ex-wife suffers from delusions and paranoia, so sometimes it can be hard to separate the fact from the fiction. I replied that yes, it was true and answered all her questions. Mother-in-law replied yesterday, understandably upset and somewhat shocked, asking many more questions. I understand her hurt and shock, but I'm surprised she's surprised if that makes sense. She's known things have been bad for a long time. Anyway, she's basically ended the message saying that one day I'd know what it was like to lose my father, as my soon-to-be ex-wife did hers last year, and that her daughter, my soon-to-be ex-wife, is vulnerable and grieving. Then it says my own father almost died 10 years ago and is currently unwell. The last sentence was, perhaps you chose your timing wisely basically insinuating that I used my father-in-law's death to take advantage of what I'm not entirely sure. The divorce proceedings were all well underway before he died. I've stood by my soon-to-be ex-wife for a long time, during verbal, physical, and financial abuse. I've paid for everything as she's not been able to work for the last eight years. I've waited for her to get mental health help she needs and encouraged her to get it, offering to help however I can. I understand she's upset, but it felt like a low blow. We're close, or were. Maybe not so much anymore. I replied answering. I replied to answer her questions again, but I didn't comment on her final paragraph. I'm not going to get involved in back and forth like that over email. So at least it's all out in the open now, which needed to happen, and hopefully my soon-to-be ex-wife can get some support from her mother. Maybe it's not going to be as amicable as I hoped in the scheme of things is pretty minor and hopefully we can communicate sensibly when she's got over the shock. I'm worried she'll want to take up a defensive position when it comes to agreeing the finances or splitting the house equity. And up until about a month ago where they made a, a recent comment, it sounds like they're still going through this process at the moment. And there was a couple of comments on that latest post where Opie replied to them. Ruby said to Opie saying, I hate to tell you this, but once you start the divorce process, the in-laws are not your friends and you should probably cut off all communication with them. There are stories all over this sub about getting backstabbed by in-laws. She is her child and you are now the enemy. To which Opie replied saying, yes, that's what I'm thinking. I felt bad as I thought she deserved to know what was going on, but it was her daughter's choice to keep her in the dark. I've answered all her questions honestly, so I might just pull back now. I want this to be amicable, so it's as painless as possible for everyone, and as sensible as possible when it comes to sorting out the house. 
Bye Bye Husband says, I'm in the same boat. My husband is a schizophrenic and his father just went ICU, alcoholic, when I filed for divorce this week. His mother is overwhelmed and freaking out. Don't just listen to their timing bullshit. You must have had hard times with your mentally unwell spouse. Those moments might be like, why the heck you are unreasonable in this timing? I had it countless times. You just stopped walking on eggshells. Don't be sorry. Karma hurts. They deserve it. And Opie replies saying, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, it's hard, isn't it? And yes, to be honest, I could have initiated the divorce at any time over the last five years, really. But this happened as it happened. I was ready when I was ready and came to terms with things in due course. Obviously, I didn't push things through when her dad died. I was close to him and had a lot of respect and was very sad when he died. This feels, I've been very patient and understanding, but at what point do you have to just get on with things? No one's getting any younger. Goody1663 says, My ex had diagnosed mental health and addiction issues, and his family blamed me for the split. They took the separation really hard. One sibling told me that he hadn't slept well in months over it. At a certain point that I knew I was right, I told them to focus their attention on my ex and that I wasn't discussing the marriage with them anymore, period. If they wanted to contact me on something else, I'd answer, but I wouldn't be staying in touch. That was quite a while ago with zero contact. My ex initiated the divorce and had multiple mental health flare-ups during the divorce that his attorney told my attorney about. But we really didn't know how bad it was because it was all done long distance. My husband promised it would be quick and easy, and it was long and crazy. I'm blissfully ignorant at this point and plan to keep it that way. It's sad to be that way after several decades together, but the divorce had to be done. I did not have custody issues. An OP reply saying, thank you for sharing that. It's all very sad as I still have love for her. Deep down, I think my mother-in-law knows the situation and she's just reacted from shock and hurt. She and I have discussed at length in the past her daughter's mental health problems and she knows much of what we've been through. I think there's a bit of denial there right now. Like you say, all I want is for my soon-to-be ex-wife is to have her mother's support. I'm glad she's finally been told. Hope we can just move forward sensibly without recriminations. After I move out and all this is done, I think I would happily go no contact. And more comments on this one, telling OP to just let it go and, you know, to just drop contact with the with the in-laws from now on because hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, they're going to protect their daughter by the sounds of it. But what do you guys make of this one? Incredibly tough situation all around, I think. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now, a huge thank you for spending 20 to 30 minutes with me today, getting involved in the stories, your likes your love, your support, your time. Everything you do means the absolute world and changes the channel for me. And I can never thank you enough for that. Once again, thank you for your love, support and time and I will see you in the next one. Take care guys. Much love. <laughs>